together right now. Come on, that's what we've been doing. We've been praising the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We ought not to be taken back by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, all throughout the Word of God, He just dealt with the extremity of, of showing Himself, the extremes of showing Himself in the weather. He showed Himself in the skies and the ground. It didn't really matter because the Bible says that nature itself teaches you that there's a God. Amen. So we just look out the window and we just see the handiwork of God. And so when we come into the house of the Lord and we, we see people weeping and crying and laughing, running, whatever it might be, that's just God's creative way, hallelujah, with his creation. He is so able to draw those things out of them. So when you begin to worship the Lord and praise him, amen, it doesn't matter whether it be a tear or a smile or a leap, God accepts it all as long as it's worship unto him. Amen. So I wonder if we could just in our own way right now begin to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If the Lord's done anything for you, you ought to worship the Lord right now. If you have breath going through your lungs right now and you have blood flowing through your veins, you ought to worship the name of Jesus because let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our glory. Lord, we are your creation, and we praise you with everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. You can go back to your seats. We are going to get into the word of the Lord today. I feel very strongly that the word of the Lord Amen. Has already spoken to us in our adult class, and I know the other classes that have gone on today. But I believe that God is just beginning to work, amen, and plant some things in our hearts. And there are seeds of faith that are beginning to germinate in the hearts of many men and women that are here today. Amen. I truly believe that. And God is just, He is doing something wonderful. And it's hard to describe and it's hard to put your, your mind around because it's so wonderful, the presence of the Lord that is in this house. Amen. Sunday after Sunday, even on Wednesdays, the Lord is just here. And we know that this is a supernatural moving of the Holy Ghost. And we ought to be very thankful to Him. Amen. We ought to be very, very thankful unto Him. Amen. Praise God. Wednesday night, uh, we had a... Uh, the, the not young people, but the children's church took over the service, and they literally did. They just did a fabulous job. Amen. And we did hear from our youth as well, and they always do a great job. And, and uh, God has just done such a work, um, even since youth convention. There's just a, a moving of the Holy Ghost. And this isn't just uh, isolated to our church. This is just nationwide. This is worldwide. The Lord is moving in a powerful way, and it tells me that the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen. And so that which can be shaken will be shaken. And if you can't be shaken, then you're probably not feeling a whole lot going on. But I would encourage you, if you open up your heart, 
and you open up your mind, and, and you just, a little bit of faith, maybe, maybe you just have a little bit of faith. Maybe it's the size of a mustard seed. But if you just give the Lord what you have, amen. If God can make a world that's void, amen, without any kind of life whatsoever, and he can turn it in, he just breathed in it. He just let his words go forth, and look what has happened here. Amen. In our world, 2,000 years, uh, 6,000 years, going on 7,000 years, that God has created humanity. And I believe in creationism, so I believe it was 6,000 years ago. We are, we are getting ready to approach the seventh day. Amen. I believe with all my heart that God took something that was just ragged and worn and lifeless, and he spoke it into existence. Ha <laughs> ha. And you know what? There are lives even here today that maybe you feel void and you don't, you don't feel like you have any kind of direction. In the Hebrew, that word means in disarray. So that word void means that you are just in a very, uh, uh, in, a, in a place where nothing has come together. It's just in pieces. It's in disarray, basically. But yet when God breathes upon it, he begins to speak and move upon it. Oh, hallelujah. Things begin to come together. And that's what's going on in our world today. God is breathing His Spirit upon all flesh. He is pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh like it's been prophesied by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. And if you would allow Him to do that, if you would allow Him to move in your life, He will give you happiness and peace and joy that you cannot even describe. Amen. Can I get a witness from somebody? Hallelujah. That's experienced that. He begins to bring order into a life. And so for that, I am just extremely grateful to him. And I am thankful that uh, he breathed some life into some couple of young girls here on Wednesday night. Emily Hoffman, she was baptized in Jesus' name, and she received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, we have another. She couldn't be outdone. So Mallory Phillips, she, was, she received the Holy Ghost, and then she was baptized in Jesus' name. I want you to stand next to her, okay? You stand right next to her. All right. Then we got another little guy. His name's Chris Bland, and he was baptized in Jesus' name. Come on up, Chris. <laughs> Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Go on and stand over there with them. Amen. This is just the beginning, another beginning of what God is going to do. Amen. God filled Lucas with the Holy Ghost two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and baptized him in Jesus' name. God is doing a work. Woo, hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. I'm just excited about the goodness of the Lord and uh, you know, the Lord has blessed our church abundantly, and there are so many things. I said it Wednesday, uh, our church is, I think it's doing better than it ever has before. One thing that was missing that was bothering me is people getting baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost. And you might say, well, how can the church be doing better than it ever has? Because we baptized, I mean, I think the most we baptized in a year was 30 or 40 people. And we're not there yet. But I'll tell you this, God is doing a work in the individual hearts and lives where there is growth and maturity taking place.
Hallelujah. It's just a matter of time before we have another influx of souls. But if we could get home right, if we could get the body living right and doing what God would have us to do, God will add to the church daily such as should be saved. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord together. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. If you'll turn with me to Isaiah chapter 59 and verse number 19. And real quickly, I want to say thank you for yesterday, the uh, surprise birthday party. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I told my mother uh, late last night, I, I said the thing that meant the most to me and what touched my heart more than anything was that God had blended uh, my natural family and my, my church family together. I had aunts and uncles and cousins that uh, have not yet come to this church or come to the, uh, the truth, if you will. And uh, so they were able to mingle with you all and be with you. And that's like a, almost a dream come true. I think that you all can probably relate to that come to this church. Maybe you have family that's not quite in the church yet. But just to know that they can meet, you know, the body and mingle with the body. And, uh, and I am, I'm excited about that because I have confidence in this body. I know that you love people. You, you treat them right with respect. You know how to handle yourself and and carry yourself, and I just, I was so proud to know that uh, my natural family was able to meet many of you, and I, I thank you very much, and I sincerely uh, thank you for being there yesterday, amen. Isaiah chapter 59 and verse number 19, also I want to say thanks to my wife and those that put this together, I really uh, couldn't get over the, the wonderful theme, I love that, baseball, and Brittany was in the Holy Ghost, and Sister Michelle and Catelyn, because everything they got me had to do with baseball, and they didn't even know it. So they were just moving. They were flowing, you know. But thank you. Thank you once again, and I give honor to my wife. 59, chapter, chapter 59, and verse number 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. So from the west to the east, the glory of the Lord was showing. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and to them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord. And for me, this is my covenant which them, with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon them, and my words which I have put in, my, in thy mouth, shall not depart out of thy mouth, nor out of the mouth of thy seed, nor out of the mouth of thy seed's seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever." And I do have one more scripture I'd like to read from Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse number 1. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse number 1. The word of the Lord says, When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest the horses and chariots and people more than thou, be not afraid of them, for the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be when ye are come nigh unto the battle, that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people, and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Amen. I, this message are, is for the, the people that are here today that have found themselves in the midst of trouble. And I think that that will apply to each and every one that is here today because at some point in your life, 
you have found yourself in the midst of trouble. And perhaps today is not that day. Maybe you're on a good run and you just don't feel any trouble around you. But there will be a day. But for those that are here today that maybe you're dealing with it or you're coming out of it or you're getting ready to go into it, I believe that God is going to be there for you. And I really feel that this message can help you bridge that gap, that tough time that you're going to go through. And when you get to the other side, you understand one thing as you're looking back, that, boy, he's got my back. Amen. God knows where I'm at. God knew where I'm at, and he's got my back. Let's pray together. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. God, we praise you, and we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for always being with your people. And, Lord, for all these things, we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord. Praise God. You may be seated. Even the most spiritual among us are not exempt from being involved in trouble. Every single person. And there's people that I respect here so greatly that I look up to, and I know that this the hand of the Lord is upon you and upon your family. But yet, I know that just because you're moving and operating in the Holy Ghost and being used by God, I understand that that does not exempt you or keep you from the enemy not sending a problem your way. Job declared it like this. He said, man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. So Job said, he said that basically if you're, you've been born, whether you're a man or a woman, there's going to be days of trouble ahead. There's going to be some difficult times that you're going to have to endure as you walk this path of life. And so I'm reminded of the children of Israel when you begin to look at uh, what they had gone through in their journey. They had taken quite a journey from the time that they left Egypt all the way to the time they got to the promised land. They had an understanding that, that when the enemy would come in, the, the Spirit of the Lord would raise up a standard, uh, amen, against that enemy. And they, they had a, a, a viewpoint of, of being on the other side that they would look back and say, God, you are, you're incredible. I, I cannot get over what you had done. And so they'd get out the tambourines and they'd begin to worship and shout and, and just get excited over what God had done. But as they're going through it or as they're approaching that tough time, it's not as easy to worship the Lord, Brother Mitchell. It's not as easy or natural to have the natural emotions come out and, and you begin to worship the Lord and to praise Him. But you're kind of scared or you're dealing with the reality and the emotions are wrapping itself around that difficult problem that you're going up against. And so they began to wonder what would happen to them next. How is the Lord going to come through? Would he even come through this time? Have we been so rebellious or kind of independent and doing things our way that God said, okay, that's enough. You've reached the limit on the help that I'm going to offer to you. Or was he going to come through in a, a big way? Or was it going to kind of be through the back door where God just shows up and, and you know, there one moment and gone the next moment and the, the problem is solved? They didn't really know how the problem was going to be solved. But they did know that they had gotten a word from their leader, from Moses. Moses was told by the Lord, he said, tell them to be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you. He will not forsake you. So in other words, he was saying that, hey, 
Chill out a little bit. Don't, don't worry. Don't fret. Don't be in disarray over what's going on around you because God's got your back. Uh, amen. And I want you to tell your kids and your children, uh, amen, that, that are sleeping right now, or maybe they're not even thinking about what's going on, or maybe they're awake tossing and turning over overhearing what was going on all around them. And Moses saying, I want you to tell everybody that God has your back. Uh, in other words, God's got everything under control. Amen? How many believe that God has everything under control in your life right now? you got to believe that. James chapter 1 and verse number 2 says it like this. He said, My brother, count it all joy when you fall into many temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. He went on to say in verse number 12, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised them that love him. In other words, I am going to protect you in my love. See, that's the motivator right there. You might think, well, why would God come uh, from the heavens, a supernatural God that, that is sovereign in every way? Why would he even care about my life? Uh, why would he even care to, to come down from heaven or send his spirit uh, whenever he's just in glory somewhere, uh, wherever that glory is? He, he's, he is everywhere, but, but he is in glory. In other words, uh, he is in a great place, uh, and he doesn't need humanity. He doesn't need us. He, he's going to be God no matter what. He can speak another uh, 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 group of people into existence. Uh, he could group, uh, uh, speak another world into existence if he wanted, uh, so he does not need humanity. So what's the motivation here, right? What's the reason that God would do what he does for us? I'll tell you what it is, and James says it. It's because he loves us, because he cares for you and I. That means that no matter what you've done or what you're doing or, or what you're thinking about doing later on, uh, God still loves you. Hallelujah. I don't care what you did last night or this morning. Uh, God still loves you and he cares for you. That's the motivation. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 12, it says, Do not think it strange, think not it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of, of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you suffer for the name of Christ, blessed are you. So, so what life does is it offers all kinds of different variables. It comes in all kinds of different ways, and, and where you think that maybe you've dealt with an area, and you think, well, I've mastered that, or I won't have to deal with that again, uh, the, the enemy can come in another way. There's all kinds of ways that he will attack, attack a family or an individual. So whenever he presents uh, all these different ways of attacks, uh, I want you to know that God has everything under control. We serve a God that is forever settled, amen, in, by his word, uh, the things that he says about himself. The word says that it's already settled, that God is the God of eternity. He's always been. Uh, he always will be. He's established his love. Uh, he's established his joy for you. He's established his peace that has been established in our heart, amen? So he has given these things to us because he loves us. So when your life presents all these things and we don't really understand where they're coming from or what's going to be next, uh, we serve a God that is on the throne. Amen. He's large and he is in charge. Amen. He's a great big God that is able to do anything. 
Let's go to our, our, our scripture here. God told Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 17, he said, you will not need to fight this battle. So he said, set yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He said, I, you know, there's a lot of times that we look to other people to have our back. And so we depend upon the church or our brothers or sisters or, or our families. And we think, well, at least I know they've got my back. I, at least I know that they're going to sustain me and help me and, and protect my reputation and who I am. But, but you know what? Relationships can fade. They're fickle. You can never depend on a relationship here on earth. But I'll tell you what you can, you can count on is the relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise God. They'll come and go. They might be fickle, and thank God for good family. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that. But even at their very best, uh, they cannot even come close to what God can offer. Uh, God is going to be with us no matter what. Uh, whether we go through the valley or the mountaintop, uh, he will be with us until the very end. Praise God. So it's good to know that God is on our side. But I began to study this text and look at what, the, what is the evidence that, that shows that God is going to be with his people. What is the, the faithfulness clues that we can look at in this portion of Scripture that we can know that no matter what we go through, God is going to be there. And I believe in this message, you can call it a Bible study or a message, whatever you want to call it. But the first thing, I believe that God's Spirit will lift up a standard of protection against the enemy. There's times that we don't really know. We can't even see the enemy. We don't even know who the enemy is. But we know that he's lurking out there. And we know that there's something out there that's just, uh, there, there's a, maybe by a feeling or just a, a notion or by the Holy Ghost that, that, we, we, that we know that the, the enemy is seeking to devour whom he, he will. But then we begin to look and understand the word of God in verse number 19. The Bible says, uh, when the enemy shall come in like a flood. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And they, I love the analogy here because he's talking about wa water or floods. And so whenever that, that water begins to flow, we know the natural uh, 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 ways of water. We know that whenever that water comes, and when St. Louis in 1993, I don't know how many remember that, that flood of 93. It was incredible. I remember being down by the arch and seeing the, up the, the really it came all the way up the, almost three quarters up the, the, the arch steps. And that's way off the banks of the, of the Mississippi. But I remember just uh, going through Alton, and you can go only go to Broadway to a certain point to where the, the flood just started uh, coming up all the way to 3rd Street. You're talking about Broadway, then 1st, 2nd, 3rd Street, and, and it was just a, it was just a, a mass of water. And I, and I remember thinking, man, there's nothing that can stop this. They, they had all the, all the uh, sandbags. They had, the, they had the, the dams that were just bursting and, and just the, the things that were not able to contain that, that water. And I, I began to think about that. And this happened re more recently. We've had some more uh, flooding going on. But water will come in, and it's not going to stop. I remember as a, a child, we'd go to uh, the, the ocean, and uh, I, I, as a child, I'd, I'd build the sandcastles, and I, I really enjoyed just kind of playing in the sand out there, and, and then later on in life, I started doing that with my, my girls, and so we'd build this fancy uh, sandcastle, and to us, it was fancy. It was probably to other people. It might not have been much of a work of art, but to us, it, we put some time into it. And even as a kid or as an adult, I, I, just, I would build these, these barricades that would keep the water out. 
And I thought, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build some really good barricades. I'm going to protect this castle that we worked so hard on. And, and, and you just have the, the levees is basically what it was. And, and so the tide would begin to rise, and the water would start to uh, flow a little closer and closer. And I thought, well, so far, so good. And I'd build like three of them. I thought, man, if one comes down, I got two backups here. And so the one would go down, I'm thinking, you know, it's getting late, and the water's, the tide's coming in, and, and it wasn't long before the second barrier would be broken. And then not long after that, it'd be about time to leave, and, and I'd just watch the waves come in, and pretty soon it'd be that last uh, uh, barrier that would come down, and the water would come in and, and just take over everything. It would just destroy everything that we tried to build. And see, that's what the enemy tries to do in our life. You know, we're trying to build a life, Right? We're trying to build a walk with God. We're trying to uh, build a life of integrity and character. And we're trying to do what we know to do, not for the, not for the reputation for us to uh, you know, show to other people, but, but we really want to do this for the Lord because we love the Lord. And so we build our lives and we protect ourselves. And, and that's why, you know, we as apostolics, sometimes we have, we have little barriers that are around the, the church that other people, the world may say, well, I don't understand that. I, I don't know why you guys have those barriers set up uh, around your church. What's the big deal? Well, there's a reason for that because we're trying to be protected from the enemy. And so when the enemy comes in and finally uh, he infiltrates that, that barrier and begins to move and do uh, wreak his havoc, uh, sometimes we look at our life and we think, oh, how am I going to rebuild this? How am I going my, my, to get my life back? But I want you to know that God has a way, hallelujah, where he moves in, uh, praise God, where he takes over uh, and he begins to rebuild and reconstruct uh, and he begins to breathe life back in uh, to the situation uh, that seems dismal and desperate. Institute. Uh, only God can do that. Uh, only God can set up a barrier that says, I'm going to be your protector. Uh, I'm going to be the one that loves you. Uh, I'm going to be the one that protects your family. Uh, you might think that you're doing it, but no, no, no. Uh, my blood is protecting your family. Uh, I plead the blood over my life, uh, and I plead the blood over your life, uh, and you ought to plead the blood over your family's life uh, and say, God, protect us. Uh, keep us. Uh, protect us from the things of this world. Amen. We get, cannot get wrapped up in what the enemy is doing all around us because God's will, God's will will be accomplished in our lives. God will come to our rescue. I don't care what's going on all around us, uh, but God is going to come in and he's going to take over and he will be the one that will help us in our time of need. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 26 lets us know that likewise the Spirit also helps in our weakness. And I begin to look at what, is the, what does the Spirit represent? It's the comforter of the Holy Ghost. It's called the comforter. It means that He's going to come in and He's going to comfort us in the time of need. When we're just kind of wringing our hands and not knowing what we're going to do, that's why the Holy Ghost is so important. It brings comfort. It brings life into us. It brings a peace that passes all understanding. That's why when these kids get the Holy Ghost, uh, they need to get the authentic baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, because life is going to be life all around them, uh, and they're going to need a power, a protection, uh, and comfort to be upon them in their life. If you don't have the Holy Ghost today, I would encourage you. God wants to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you don't feel like the Holy Ghost is just, you know, a uh, uh, moving in your life and maybe it's laying dormant, God wants to stir up the gift within you uh, and refill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. As the Spirit lifts up this standard, 
What it's doing is it's actually taking the, the authority of God and establishing the authority and the excellence of God. So we, then when we receive the Holy Ghost, we have the ability to walk in His excellence. It means that we have the, uh, the ability to walk in the authority of God. When we're walking this life and we come up against uh, uh, some spirits maybe that come our way or we're, we're up against some problems that we're not able to handle, we have the authority in the Holy Ghost uh, to come against that problem. It means it doesn't matter if you're in a prison cell. It doesn't matter if you're at a nursing home. I don't care if you're at Walmart or school or at the job. We have the authority. Hallelujah. We've got the power of God inside of us uh, to where we can speak things into existence uh, that only God can do. Hallelujah. As God's will in heaven is done, so let it be, God, in my life. I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, God. Show me the way. Lead me. Show me the way into righteousness and eternal life. And so as the Spirit lifts up the standard, it is actually lifting up the very excellence and the authority of God. Because you do have the right when you are filled with the Holy Ghost you're no longer representing yourself. It's no longer that I am representing Frank Cross and it's just me and me alone. But I've got, I walk in the spirit. I am walking in the authority of God. It means whenever I'm baptized in Jesus' name, I take on the name of Jesus. Come on now. We're not just saying that we baptize in the name of Jesus just to say a name. We are taking on the name of Jesus. I am taking on the name. I am Jesus Jr. I am a son of God. I am the one walking, hallelujah, in his path. I've got the authority. You might say, well, that's blasphemy. No, I have become a son of God. I was born of the water. I was grafted into the vine. I am no longer my own, but I've been bought with the price. I am a child of God. I became like a child and was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need the Holy Ghost today. If you can't understand anything about the Word of God and it never really makes a whole lot of sense to you, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you don't feel God working in your life, you need the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, inside of your heart so you can understand. Something happens when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Sometimes when I talk to somebody new and I'm trying to tell them things and I get too ahead of it, and I, you know, you got just the knowledge of what has taken place or you've been raised in the church, so it's not that you're real smart. It just means that you've heard it over and over again. And you begin to just babble it out and talk about it and, and just, you know, just let it out. And it's almost like that poor brother Nick and I were talking yesterday. It's almost like they're trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. You know, it's like all that, that knowledge and all the, the word. But, but what happens whenever you're filled with the Holy Ghost is you have a hunger for the word. Not only are you hearing a lot, but you become doers of the word because you have an understanding. God helps us to understand what is going on all around us. So the, the, the second thing that God does, another way that I believe that God is speaking in this, this passage Another reason is that God's got your back is because he has reinforced the, the idea that I'm going to be your redeemer. See, in the scripture here, he lets us know once again, and all throughout scripture, he just keeps reinforcing, I am your redeemer. I am the one that's going to help you in your time of need because he knows how humanity is. He knows that we are very independent. It means that we are very hands-on. It means that, God, I want to be worthy of your redemption but we're never worthy of his redemption. 
I brag on you all all the time. I think you're the greatest people. I, I started smiling during the worship time, and I, I told Brother Adam, I said, I'm not laughing at them. I'm laughing because they're great people. I said, they love the Lord. They, they know how to worship the Lord. They know how to respond to the Spirit of the Lord. So if anybody believes in you, I believe you have a pastor that believes in you. But at your very best, you're still like filthy rags. Amen? That's what the Word says. That's not coming from you. That's what the Word says. So at our very best of what we can offer the Lord and our, our beautiful worship and response and being sensitive to the Holy Ghost, uh, God, at my very best, I am nothing. Uh, but, Lord, you have redeemed me, God. Uh, you have bought me by your blood. Uh, you bled and died on a cross, God, that my sins uh, might be forgiven. Uh, that means I can walk in newness of life. Uh, that means I can lay hands upon the sick uh, and they can recover. Uh, not according to what I am able to do or what my righteousness is, uh, but God, it's according to your righteousness. Uh, you are my Lord. You are my God. Uh, you are my Redeemer, God, uh, that can come through for me. God fortified our position by becoming our Redeemer. The truth of the matter is this. He has come not only to redeem us from sin, but he has also redeemed us from the hand of the enemy. This is the problem I see with many people that are living for God. They know that they've been forgiven. They know, they remember what they did in the past. And you know what? How they know that they've been redeemed is they're not doing those things anymore. Amen? You know, I'm all for grace and mercy and forgiveness, but I'm not for sloppy grace, sloppy mercy, and sloppy forgiveness. Let me explain that. I believe that God, every sin that we've ever committed or will commit will be forgiven. But I think that we need to get things right. Amen? I think that if we're continuing to sin when we know we ought not to do those things, uh, we need to get it right. We don't want to put the blood of Jesus to open shame, according to Hebrews. But we want to make sure we get it right. And you know what? You've gotten it right. You're not sinning anymore that I know of. You're not doing those, those nasty things anymore in the world. But the problem is this. Uh, you also need to understand that the redemption that you have is not just according to your forgiveness. Uh, it's according that God is working through you. It means that I'm going to show my power through your life. Uh, now, if I have power to forgive your sins uh, and help you become overcomers, uh, I want to make sure that I'm a part of your everyday life uh, where you've got the power, hallelujah, to speak to demons. Uh, you've got power to speak to blind eyes. Uh, you've got power to speak to deaf ears. Uh, you've got power to lay hands upon those uh, that need the Holy Ghost uh, and they begin to speak in other tongues uh, as the Spirit gives them the utterance. Uh, you've got that power uh, of redemption flowing through you. Let me prove it in Scripture. The truth of this matter is, is that not only sin, by sin are we redeemed, by our sins, by the Redeemer, but we also have the hand of the enemy that is just... Uh, that we can manipulate, that we can control, that we have authority over. Let me prove it in Scripture. The word redeemer comes from the Greek word gawal. It's a primitive root word of redeem. So it's used in context of an avenger, a deliverer, a purchaser, or one who ransoms. And the reason why I say that we've got power over the hand of the enemy is that he's the one that's trying to manipulate our life. He's, a, he's the one that's trying to turn your life upside down. He's the one that feeds your mind with all kinds of silly thoughts. Amen? So if we have the power to be forgiven, the Bible says that we've got power and authority to speak against the enemy. Oh, hallelujah. 
Somebody needs to hear this right now. And the reason why is because the enemy is manipulating your mind. He's taking over your emotions, and he's trying to move in you to where you can feel uh, uh, discouraged, you can feel depressed, uh, you can feel unworthy, you can feel like, I'm not able to do this, uh, but God says, no, you've been redeemed. Uh, my blood has covered all of that, so I'm going to get rid of your stinking thinking, uh, and I'm going to let you know that you've got the power and the authority uh, to speak to those enemies uh, and the demons uh, that are coming after you, uh, the spirits of oppression uh, that you say in Jesus' name. I want you out of this bedroom at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, the dreams that I'm having right now, in Jesus' name, uh, I curse you uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, I command you to leave my home. Uh, I command you to leave my neighborhood. Uh, I want you out of the vicinity uh, of wreaking havoc in my life. Praise God. If you believe that, would you just clap your hands uh, unto the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Isn't it good to know that we have a loving Redeemer? Praise God. He, he is on our side. He wants to help us. So not only has He died on the cross for our sins, uh, but He's also able to give us uh, the redemption that we have need of uh, over our enemy to where we have the authority over the enemy that is trying to creep into our life. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse number 14 tells us uh, that He's coming for His people. He's coming for a people that are waiting for him. That's the word of God. So we can't say that, that God's coming for everybody. See, there's, there's teaching out there. I, I watched a clip last night of, of a, a minister talking about a, a having dinner with a, a mega church pastor. He said he wouldn't mention the name, but he said enough to where you know who the name was. But he said that this pastor of this mega church made a statement. He said, I don't really see too much of a difference between Islam and Christianity. I mean, and that's what this world is feeding themselves with. That's the doctrine that's coming forth from the pulpits of some of these churches, these emergent churches that just they don't really have a, a doctrine. They don't have just a, a what is right and what is wrong. The Word of God is just kind of, you know, uh, just a flippant thing that they might read a feel-good scripture, and then they'll launch off of that into some kind of uh, weirdness. And some kind of uh, uh, flakiness that, that just it has nothing to do with the things of God. Are you kidding me? The cross of Jesus Christ? In one of the books that were written that's one of the America's best-selling Christian book right now, the cross of Jesus Christ is not mentioned one time in that book. And it's all about Christianity, supposedly. See, the, the problem is, is whenever the enemy comes in, we've got to have the ability to be able to fight against him. There is a difference between Islam and Christianity. I, I don't care if he's got a church of 10,000 people. He's wrong. They don't believe in Jesus Christ. They don't believe in the New Testament. They don't re believe in the redemption of the blood of Jesus Christ. So they can say all they want and say, try to blend us all together. But, hey, church, we are to be separated. There is a chosen generation. There, there is a royal priesthood. Amen. We are a people that, that the Bible says is peculiar. That's what Isaiah said about us. Uh, let me read a holy nation, peculiar people, a royal priesthood, uh, those who proclaim the praise of one who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Uh, that is you and I that have been born again uh, of the water and of the spirit. I'm not saying we're any better than anybody else, uh, but I am saying to be redeemed, to be the holy nation, uh, to be the peculiar people, we have to be born again uh, of the water and of the Spirit. 
Am I preaching in an apostolic church right now? Am I preaching the truth right now? We've got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. There is a separation of the world and the church. There must be. And so that's who he's coming after right now. So if I found that in the word of God that, that if I can stand upon this word and I can walk in God's will, I don't have to worry about the enemy. Amen? Does it get frightening sometimes? Yeah, it does. Are there things that are unsettling? You better believe it. But the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good. That means the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is, uh, God is able to take that bad thing uh, and he can make it good. Aren't you thankful for that? That's the redeeming power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse number 21 is my final point. It assures us that God has secured us with his covenant. This is probably the most important thing. This is the generality. This is almost like the preamble to all of Christianity. When you begin to look at this scripture and you look at the word of God, that it, it's almost like a, a, an initial indication that this is the way things are going to be. I'm establishing some things in my word right now, way back in the Old Testament, that if the, the children of Israel, if they can get a hold of this, if they can understand what the word is having to say here, that, that I will be their covering in every way. The first two points are very, very important, but yet we need to understand in generalities that he wants to be the covering to all his people. How do you become his people? John chapter 3. Nicodemus came to the Lord. He said, what, what should we do? He said, except you're born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, I, you know, I don't want to get, sometimes people get too complex about the word of the Lord and try to read all kinds of things into it. But, but Peter backed him up. He said, yeah, what do we do, men and brethren? He said, well, repent of your sins, be baptized. That's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus in John chapter 3. Be baptized in Jesus' name, and then you got to be born again. you got to receive the Holy Ghost like Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3. And he reiterated the same thing. He had the keys of the kingdom, the Bible says. So, so he's letting them know this is the plan of salvation right here. There's no getting around it. You know, we can try to make it easier. We can try to fill up my book in my office. It's about that thick with a whole bunch of converts. And, you know, shake my hand, wink at me, or wave at me, or give me a fist bump, or salute, or whatever. But that's not going to do it. Amen? We have somebody go through the, I've heard churches have people drive through the parking lot, honk their horn, accept Christ, and, and be on their way. They put them in the book. There's nothing like putting a name in the book. Now, I'm, now Jesus, I understand God's Lamb's book of life, but I'm talking about my book. I got a thick book that Brother Bradshaw gave me when I first started pastoring. I love to put names in that book. But I am not going to put your name in that book if you don't belong. In other words, I'm not going to compromise the truth. Amen. I'm trying to tell this kid two minutes before my uh, Chris. I'm trying to tell Chris right before church. He wants to be baptized. I'm walking out of my office. Church is getting ready to start. You're ready to get at it. I said, well, come to my office. I want to make sure you understand. So I'm giving him all this theological uh, jumbo bumbo. It's, I mean, it's word of God, but it's just it, to him it was jumbo bumbo. I mean, I'm just telling him, you know, this is what baptism is. I'm just, he's like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, well, I'm sincere, so I'm going to shake my head and say, all right. He didn't have a clue what I was saying. It was too much. He got some of it, 
But by the time it was over, I said, you want to be baptized? He said, yeah, I want to be baptized. So I said, Adam, teach him a Bible study in the back. Make sure he understands before he comes down, gets baptized. You know why? Because I'd rather somebody understand what they're doing instead of just getting them in the tank. Come on. I made Lucas get the Holy Ghost two times. Amen? I, yeah, I want to make sure he really got it because Lucas needs the Holy Ghost. He needs the authentic Holy Ghost in his life. So I made him get it on Sunday, too, and he got it on Sunday, too. <laughs> you might laugh at it, and the parents are laughing. I'm thankful they're laughing. But let me tell you something. Our kids need the authentic baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, you adults, you need the authentic baptism of the Holy Ghost. You don't need something watered down. You don't need a feel good. You don't need a, something that makes you feel good when you leave here. You need to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. You need to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. Hallelujah, I'd rather teach you a Bible study for eight weeks uh, with an understanding uh, than you get in the tank and not understand what's going on. Praise God. Jesus said it like this. He said, I am coming back. And, and so he began to reaffirm some things in verse number 21. He reaffirmed the covenant that was given to the forefathers before the coming of the Redeemer himself. But now that the Redeemer has come, See, we're on the other side of the, of the redemption plan. We're on the other side of Jesus coming. Now that he has come to a sin-sick world and, and he has redeemed us, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse number 10 says it like this. It's a confirmation that lets us know that, that he's covered us in this covenant. He makes it very personal, you and I. He said like this, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my laws in their, in their mind and write them, them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So let me get this straight. If he is my God and I am his child, then the Bible lets me know that I am covered. And that is cool. That means I'm protected. That means that no matter what's going on all around me, I am protected by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. So if I am his child and I, I, I have given my heart to him and I've, I've accepted him and he has accepted me and I, I've, I've experienced that plan of salvation, immediately the Bible says that I am covered and I am protected by him. No matter what comes my way, no matter how I might be shaking my boots sometimes, I do know one thing. My emotions may be screaming and running the other way, but my spirit says, I am covered in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's before the blood that these promises were given. But we've got the blood applied to our life. Uh, and we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Psalm chapter 91 and verse number 1 tells us, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Uh, he is my God, and in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Uh, he shall cover me with His feathers and under His wings, and I shall take refuge, and His truth uh, shall be my shield and buckler. Hallelujah. Don't take truth for granted. 
And if you're not convinced what I'm preaching right now, I want you to go home and I want you to get into the word of the Lord. And I want you to study for yourself. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Don't just listen to a man. You go home and you study it. You look and see if what I'm not telling you is not true. Amen. Praise God. When we are covered in Christ, we are covered in his goodness because he loves us. How do we know we're covered in his goodness? Because he died for us. Because he bled on a cross for us. Because he gave up his life for someone that could not benefit him anything whatsoever. What, whatever we could give to him was nothing. He didn't need it is what I'm trying to say. That's goodness. You know how you can tell the goodness of a man, the character of a man, is whenever he helps somebody that can't help him. There's no leverage. There's, I, I was doing the mentoring session on Wednesday. I said that's how you can tell a man or a woman of character. When they help people, that really can't be of any benefit to them personally. But out of the goodness that they have, they want to help and be a benefit to somebody. That's goodness. That's the Lord. That's how much he cares for you and I. He loves us and he cares for us. Amen. As we stand together, I want us to focus on the goodness of the Lord. In fact, let's go to the word of the Lord and this will help us focus on his goodness. David said in Psalm 23 and 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, in my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. He will cover us. He will cover those who submit to thy will. God, let thy will be done. Help me, Jesus, to be who you would have me to be, God. And his goodness begins to fall. And it begins to cover our lives. Amen. You might say, well, what are we covered in? What does that represent? I'll tell you what you're covered in. You're covered in the strength of God. Psalm 46 and 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though and shake with the swelling thereof. God, you're my strength. You're my strength, Lord. You cover me in your strength. You cover me in your power. But Lord, you also cover me by your blood. Paul said it like this in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. He said, but God demonstrates his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 11 goes on to say, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. God, I've been reconciled. God, I've been recycled. What looked pitiful and looked terrible, God, you took and you changed it. You transformed my life. Kalil, God just is all over you today. <laughs> that's, that's called, that's reconciliation right there. 
That's reconciliation right there. If you don't believe the word, just believe that. That's a demonstration of what I'm preaching here right now. See, he went right to the word and said, that's words of life, and that's what I need right now. And God, from the very beginning of this service, has been working on this young man. God is transforming his life before your very eyes. I don't care what you're going through. God wants to be your covering right now. God wants to help you. No matter what your situation is, we serve a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the Holy Ghost authentic power that's inside of you right now. Amen. Brother Mobley, you had a word for the Lord on Wednesday night when you closed service, when you didn't allow a service to be closed, I should say. The Lord was all over him. He had a word for the church. And see, this is the problem. We hear a message. We, we have great worship. We feel good. And our emotions are just kind of tampered down a little bit. It's like, okay, I feel better because I got my fix. And I, I, I feel like I'm going to make it through another day. Do you think God just dwells in a day? Do you think he's limited to, to just a good day or a good feeling or a good moment? Or a good evening when you go home? See, this is the deal. God wants to cover your entire existence. He wants to do a work that goes beyond just this service here. That's what's going on right here. He sees hope beyond a service. He's been in a hundred services. He's been in hundreds of services. But see, God wants to transform your life we saw God do this for Brother Catlin a few, a, a couple, three months ago. Amen. If I've ever seen a transformation take place, God had been preparing his heart, but, but he's been transformed. He's a different man than he was before. That's what happens when you get the power of a Holy Ghost working in your life. Because you're not only redeemed from your past sins, uh, but you've got a power. Uh, you've got a covering. Uh, you've got the ability to be an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. And I want to call somebody right now. I could call you out individually, but don't make me do that. Don't make me do that. I want you to come on your own. And I want you to allow God to do a work in your life. If you're tired of dealing with the the daily emotional tragedies. And I mean they are tragedies. They're a mess. You've got, you've got a mess going through your mind. And if you're tired of that, if you're, if you're tired of getting up in the middle of the night and worrying about things, Mom, you ought to come up here right now. Dads, if you're worrying about down the road and being able to support your family and provide for them, you ought to come down here right now. God wants to be your covering, and he wants to help you.